Open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host at Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. We have Gonzalo Bluson of Signatura here, founder and CEO. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. So maybe you can uh, give us a little bit of an overview of what the Signatura is. Yeah, well, actually Signatura is a web platform that provides a digital signature and registration and authorization of files over the blockchain to guarantee you the integrity of all the documents and contracts and, and files that you register and sign using this platform. And you, you do have a profit motive with this, or is it just kind of pie in the sky uh, in terms of like business use case? No, well, we have a lot of business uh, use case. We, we try to, to build a B2B model. We're trying to reach the finance industry to use them to using our API to be able to add the blockchain technology of digital signature and authorization with a lot of benefits uh, if you compare it traditional digital signature like timestamp and integrity and the possibility to program certain kind of restrictions for example multi-sig signatures or uh, time requirements that the Bitcoin blockchains allows you to embed in the protocol so all these conditions of in order to be able to sign a document are in the protocol and not in the software. So it's way more to secure. And a lot of banks are start using it to register, for example, uh, sensitive workflows or to register certain kind of documents and they need to assure that nobody has going to change it and verify its integrity and, and, and can be easily audited. So there's a lot of verticals that we are trying to explore and and that's what we are doing right now so these digital signatures they've they've formed a, a foundation for our ability to do converse over the internet anytime we accept a license agreement or user agreement anytime we click pay now all of these are using digital signatures maybe you could help us understand like what is a digital signature like well, a- actually we have two kind of electronic signatures for one one way electronic signature is any way when you give consent in a digital way that's considered electronic signature digital signature is a way more kind kind of more secure because involves cryptography Digital signature is when you get consent, but using a mathematical method, using cryptography. That's what we are providing. We use the cryptography that the blockchain uses to register your signature on the blockchain. So you can verify even if signature disappears tomorrow, your signatures and the verification process that you can, where you can verify that you have signed a contract or a, or a document will stay forever on the blockchain. 
And this uses uh, public key, private key encryption, yeah, right? Because you get the public key from the signer, and then uh, they sign with their private key, but don't reveal it. And then, exactly. and then that is what actually provides the immutable signature. That's right. Right, and verifiable. Of course, you have on the blockchain. You will always have all the public keys on the transaction where when you have signed. So knowing the public keys of, of all the counterparties, you will be always be able to, to verify it. So that, that that's a big difference when you compare us to other electronic uh, the signature services like even DocuSign or HelloSign. The difference is that if Hello, HelloSign disappears, you have lost all your signatures. But if we disappear, your signatures will always be on the blockchain to verify. What are some use cases for this? You'd mentioned uh, like governments, banks. Maybe you could flesh out a use case or two. Like, well, like how is this actually going to be implemented and well, used? For example, banks uh, banks are using trying to use this to register workflows, like I said. But also governments are very interested because as the blockchain is public and everyone can access to verify uh, the documents that register there. They are trying to use it. We are selling them the solution that use the blockchain technology to give transparency to call for tenders or public actions. So it's, it's like a, an evolution of trust. Originally, when you do a call for tenders or call for bids, or originally you, you trust in the people who, the, the person who will, who is going to receive the envelope and you trust him not to open the envelope and tell your offer to your competitors. And then we, we have switched in the last year to uh, computer programs when you up your, upload your offer and you trust in the program and in the database administrator who get access to your offer that he's not going to access your offer and send it to your competitors. Now we can evolve and trust in mathematics and trust in cryptography so that you can guarantee the complete transparency of a call for bits. I mean, that would just be for like, you know, requests for proposals is kind of our, our terminology in the U.S. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean, call for bids, yeah. requests for proposal. I mean, they're, they're basically you, you get everybody, they send in their bids. They're supposed to exactly. be blind. You know, everybody's not supposed to know what everybody else's bid is. But then... That's supposed to determine who gets the the contract is whoever yeah. gives the best bid, and so you're saying that you'll be able to put because these you, documents onto yeah, the blockchain. You, you don't put the document; you just put like a, a hash of a it, hash yeah. of it, and you reveal the document after the close of the call for bids. Right. So you can change your proposal because if you change your proposal, it won't be verifiable by it will be a different hash of the one you have registered on the blockchain mm-hmm. and and if you don't want the call for bids if another company gets selected you can verify that the proposal that the other company present was present on time and and not after and not people after looked at calls. other proposals yeah, exactly. yeah. So, yeah so I mean so an example would be people would create their proposal as a PDF. They'd run it through SHA-256. They'd get the, the hash of it. Then that hash would get submitted as the proposal. It's, then it's, it's digitally signed by, digital, the, by, and, the, by, the, by the company and also with, with a multi-site with the county or the government that is receiving that proposal. So it's registered with both signatures. One saying, I'm giving you this proposal and the other one is saying, oh, I received, I have received that proposal. 
And then all of those could be put into the same document and hashed and put into the blockchain. That way you see all the proposals that were submitted. And then, then that's in the blockchain, so that's known. And then everybody can everybody reveal, reveal their proposal. Their proposal yeah, because there, there's this aspect of game theory. You don't want to reveal your proposal. Yeah. You want the other guy to reveal and, his. And we also we are also simplifying the user experience because we give you the the, the possibility to upload the proposal, to encrypt the proposal, and you only have the password to decrypt that proposal, so you don't have a mis for mistake, change the proposal and don't, man, don't match the hash. So you can upload it, you can encrypt it, and before the close, you can put your password away again and decrypt it without risk of having changed your proposal by mistake. Okay, so we, we've gone over the, the call for bids or the request for proposals. What would be this a use case for the banks? Well, for banks, for signing contracts with the clients, for registering, for example, logs or, or for registering integrity of logs or integrity of databases. So, for example, if a bank have to have made a backup of their database and they want to be sure that the, in case of they need to restore that information, the, the, the information is the same that they have registered or they have uh, backupped, they could register uh, a hash of the backup sign it by the operator that have proceed the uh, execute the backup and be sure that yes this is the backup that operator John Smith do on June 15 so th yes this is the backup that we need to restore for yeah, example yeah cuz i mean that can be be a real problem when a hacker gets into your system changes your database removes the traces that they were there you don't know that the hacker changed anything, yeah. but even worse, you don't know what you should change it back to. Even it's if you were to discover it, that even, it were tampered, I always, it's, it's not like that. But I always give this example. Imagine if you you can access a data center, you get access some way, and the first thing you do when you access a, a data center is delete your access. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean, yeah. I have granted access. Well, first thing to do, I delete that record. So the blockchain give us the opportunity that anytime you have to deal with sensitive information, you can get registered forever and no one can change it. And that's the disruptive thing about blockchain. Yeah, it, it adds a real hardening element, this immutability of the blockchain to any of our cybersecurity systems. Yeah, it's, it's, the key. It's, it's, it's a whole new world when we start thinking about security. We are so used to trusting people all our security is based on trusting database administrators, system administrators, data, uh, data center operators, uh, developers. And we can stop trusting. We, we don't need to trust all that people anymore. We can trust in technology. We can trust in cryptography. We can trust in the blockchain. Thanks for listening to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. Our awesome audio editor needs to eat. He makes your experience better by increasing the sound quality and decreasing the show's time by editing out unnecessary ums, ahs, pauses, and such. With only a few seconds of your time, you can support the show. Do you ever buy stuff on Amazon? Before you do, simply visit bitcoin.kn forward slash resources. You can get there from the homepage and click on one of the links. It takes you to Amazon. Then, at no additional cost to you, we get a tiny percentage of anything you purchase, even if it's not that particular item. These resources 
They're all my favorite hacks that have increased my quality of life, so you might learn something helpful. They range from healthy snacks to sleep optimization, meditation tools, cognitive enhancers, immune system boosters, and much more. Maybe you'll find them useful. Either way, any support is greatly appreciated. Thanks, and now back to the show. Yeah, I mean, in terms of our cybersecurity, we really have to go back to first principles. I went and gave a presentation to a bunch of chief information security officers in conjunction with the FBI. And that's what I told them. You know, we what Bitcoin's done is it's washed away all the sand and we and we have to go back and rebuild our cybersecurity from very first principles because we have this new tool, this tool of immutability. So when it comes to like root access and tracking who has it and how it's been used and all these things, we really have to go back and re yeah, we have to rethink rethink everything. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the way. <laughs> What what might be another use case? We've talked about the request for proposals. We've talked about contracts with the banks. Uh, for example, I, I can tell you about a case that we we have been a client using it for about a year. It's a university, and they're giving certificates of, of uh, diplomas, diplomas, or diplomas using diplomas. technology. So the diploma gets signed by by the president of the university and a couple of directors, and you're getting the people are getting, the students are getting the digital diplomas, so they can send them to their empl- possible employees and employ uh, employers and employers can verify the integrity of the digital diploma without having to ask for the original one, and also cross borders when you when you this this will be the future, but but right now when you have to study abroad. You have to certify, go to the ministry, uh, Give foreign ministry and get the, the high stamp and a lot of, of bureaucracy to get your diploma validated so you can go to study abroad. In the future, this will not exist because any university in the world could, could, could verify the integrity of your diploma. Yeah, I mean, like, you put the diploma on LinkedIn, right now anybody can just put it on there. But with this, you'll be able to, like, there'll be a little green check mark or a little green uh, padlock, like, and, and also, that if, says yeah, it's yeah, been verified. Even if the university closed, yeah, it's still on the blockchain. It's still been issued and everything. And you will still, you don't, if you call the university to verify a diploma, no one will answer you, but you have, you will have the record on the blockchain. Yeah, so, I mean, Bitcoin is such a revolution in terms of how we establish trust on the Internet. Where do you see it going in the next three to five years? Oh, I'm really, like, amazed about the things that will be we will be able to build using smart contracts. I really think that that will be the future. And I hope the whole implementation of smart contracts get more secure and, and get the, the ability to, to, to grow. Uh, I'm quite of insecure about the, the scalability right now, but I believe we will start fixing some problems and, and probably that will be the future and probably we will start integrating solutions of trust, of trust using smart contracts. Yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot of that. The smart contracts are going to be such a huge deal just for changing the way that trust and commerce are done worldwide. How do you get into Bitcoin? Like, oh. I mean, <laughs> this isn't the yeah, it's, 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 easy well, Sunday I, I, reading. I, I'm a libertarian. Actually, I was a founder of the Libertarian Party of Argentina. and Of, was, of all of Argentina? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was a, I, I'm the former president of it. And when you fight to 
uh, fiat money <laughs> in Argentina. In Argentina. Uh, you, you, it's incredible the amount of inflation we have here, and uh, it's very. You see it every day. So every ten years, uh, you really and, see and, it. And when when you also about uh, that, you I, I came from technology. I was a software developer all my life. I started developing software when I was eleven. Uh, I learned by my own reading manuals and so I was I, I, I'm a, a, a I, I was a developer of my life and being also libertarian I discovered probably <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the future oh this is the future so, so and I have a lot of friends also libertarians that introduced me I have the the, the, the luck to be introduced by a lot of friends to Bitcoin and, and I immediately see the potential of this. Well, what what has Bitcoin meant to you financially? In I mean, we're dealing with Argentina. We're dealing with currency crisis and collapse all the time. Yeah. Bitcoin's done very well. I mean, what, what's it meant to you personally, like no, as a use case down here? No, in Argentina it was incredible because it was a way with the, with the former government. It was very hard to buy dollars. You can only be able to buy dollars on the black market. And if you work... You do works for companies abroad. It was very hard to charge them, to to invoice them, to even get paid. Because I think PayPal was even yeah, driven no, out of it's, Argentina. It's, PayPal was driven out, and also if you we have a, like enough, we used to have with the new government, we don't have that anymore. But we used to have an official exchange rate for the dollar and a black market exchange rate. And if you want to bring dollars from abroad to your bank account, they convert your dollars using the official rate and you lose the 50% of your money. So that's why Bitcoin was so uh, accepted or, or, or starting, we, we actually didn't start to use Bitcoin so much because Bitcoin was the answer for all of our problems. Instead of getting dollars into the country, we buy, we, 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 we get used to buy Bitcoins on the States, on Europe, whenever you want it, and just sell the Bitcoins for pesos here. So that was the way we found to fight that uh, that restrictions uh, to sell. Yeah, the uh, currency the controls. Currency, yeah. So so that's why it's, it's so spread, and we have a so big community here in Argentina. That's the main reason I believe. Do you think Argentina is going to learn from their problems, or are they going to... Uh... Do this again. I mean, they do it every 10 years. So uh, it's, I, I hope we have learned something from these 12 past years. But I'm not sure that most of the people really understand what was the root of all the problems. It's very common to hear that the problem was on the people and not on the policies. The problems was the, the president and not the policies that he tried to implement. And, and when you analyze what happened here, the problem was clearly the policies and not only the, the corrupt president. So I hope this time we learn something, but I'm not sure that we are going to, to do it. But even if a lot of the people don't, Bitcoin's here. Bitcoin is here. Bitcoin, and it and doesn't it, matter, does yeah. it? Yeah, like like right. you guys are it, inoculated it already. Stay. Yeah, and and it will be it will be here forever. The, the community is huge. The, the 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 amount of blockchain Bitcoin developers here is incredible, 
if you compare with a very small country that we are, like when you compare Argentina with the States, and, and we have a really developed community, we have a great NGO promoting Bitcoin blockchain, we have a great space, a, a, a whole building when where you can rent an office if you are a Bitcoin developer or if you are a Bitcoin entrepreneur and you have a, we have a co-working space when you can interact with a lot of Bitcoin and blockchain developers and entrepreneurs. So we, the seed is, we, we have put a seed here and we have started to see how it grows. It's just that it will grow. Well, it's been a wonderful interview. We've had Gonzalo Busan of Signatura working on digital signatures, uh, founder and CEO. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Trace. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate. <laughs>